don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. back everybody i actually forgot the door i specifically mentioned the door i said in the last one one of the questions was about a door I'm gonna have to address that at the beginning here as we go into talking about two truths and a lie a little game we like to play in the united states you might be familiar with it and i'll explain the rules right in a minute So two truths and a lie is pretty simple. People play it a different way many different times. But it has to do with writing down statements about yourself to potentially be true, one to be a lie. And we're going to play that game, you and me. It's not going to be a contest this time. Those are too painful. You can treat it like one if you'd like, though. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. But two truths and a lie. A little game we're going to play. We're going to test your detecting deception skills based on storytelling parts of speech, words people use, all the things I've talked about in the past. You'll have plenty of time to listen to prior episodes and do your own research. So you can take my stories and try to guess where the two truths in a life fall. And I'm going to make it easy for you once I explain the rules. I'm going to make it easier than the game's actually played. So two truths in a lie. We're going to test your skills and how well I've been teaching you right here on Grayman, hiding in plain sight. And I cannot believe I forgot that door. That's all right. We're going to address that. We're going to address that question. If you remember last time I answered a question regarding gun safes, firearm storage, there was also a door in this question. I totally forgot, which I even mentioned on the intro, which going back and listen to the intro because I'm doing the new stuff there, probably the only reason I remembered it until somebody somebody would eventually email me about that. I, I have no doubt. But the door is a continuation from the same person. We'll call Lady J. Where, look at that highlighting thing. She says, secondly, about home security, my back door has a small window and a deadbolt, which I haven't changed out to require a key on both sides. So somebody could easily smash a window and either turn the lock or even just come through the window. I have an alarm system, but they have X number of minutes to steal whatever until the police respond. I was thinking of putting on that storm window film to at least make it harder to break through your thoughts. So, be easier if I could see it, but it says a lot that they could probably fit through the window depending on their size. So I'm guessing it's to the side of the door. Maybe it's not, but I think I can still help you out with this. So some things you can do 
possibly. Money is, of course, going to be an issue. I suspect it could be an issue just because of these deadbolts. You're looking to get a key on either side. So first and foremost, statistically, most of these types of things actually happen during daylight. They do happen at dark, too. You'd want to see what the crime statistics are in your area. This all depends on where you live. Is there street lighting? Is it rural? Or is it suburb? If it's a city? These things all factor in. Most people that do this stuff, they... If it takes them too long, more than a few seconds, a minute or so, whatever the I don't remember the number off the top of my head, they're, they're going to move on. Um, a lot of times houses are targeted, sometimes they're opportunity. So unless they targeted you, you'd want to see if there's a string of stuff going on in your neighborhood, in your area. The other thing too is smashing windows can happen. It's more likely when there's less people around, but like in your suburb, it could happen, but glass can be loud when it's breaking. People just want to pick that lock jimmy it do whatever use a bump key get in and get out but you do have legit concerns that storm film i don't think it's going to help i don't think that's enough to be a visual or deterrent i would definitely look at things like your security system and whatever company it is if they have yard signs get a new one and put it out put it in a different spot something like that as well as look at the lighting i've done a physical security one early on when i started this so in the first season that talks about that, but the external external lighting is going to help. The other thing too is, so you don't have security cameras. Okay, that's fine. But that doesn't mean you can't have something inside. Like There's cameras you can get that plug into an outlet that look like a USB charger for say a phone or an iPhone that have cameras built in. There's plenty of options like that you can find to just put right at your door. And it's possible, so initially the way they made them was is when you plugged them into the wall, because you plug them into an outlet to look like that charger, and that outlet powered them. If that's not something you have an outlet available, you want to see if they still make something like that, assuming this is what you want to use. It doesn't require the outlet for power, because what you could do is put a fake outlet in, which isn't hard to do, and then just plug in that deal and let the camera run. That would at least be there, if something happened to possibly identify who's breaking in. The double dead bolt is a good thing. The other thing too is there's plenty of things you can look at. I will see if I can find some. If you don't see them in the show notes, it's not because I forgot because I didn't find them. There's options for things people can get that are definitely extra security features for doors to come into homes where things like them reaching in and unlocking that deadbolt will not matter. They're not going to get through that door without an excessive amount of a force and exertion that will probably draw attention to them in most neighborhood style environments. However, you mentioned they could get through the door. So you can look at putting objects in the way. The, the other thing too is depending on the money you have and how that is built out is you could have those windows removed and have solid walls put in. You could have different types of glass put in that has like, if um, I assume you're in America or in a Western country, just by your name may not be, but one of the things we have in office buildings, especially well, actually in old schools, was they have this, I don't remember what it's called, but when you look at the glass, it almost looked like it had a small version of chicken wire in it. It was so that if it broke, it didn't like shatter a lot, but it'd make it more difficult to get through. There's stuff like that you can get. Those are options. You can also hire and consult a security professional. Obviously, money money is a big deal. But um, I would definitely look at some of those things. So... You probably have options of things, even an old cell phone, even if you have an old cell phone that has a camera that you can run, that you can leave plugged in, that'll hold a USB or something like that you want to run when you're not home. 
Some form of surveillance you can have inside your house looking at the door, even if you can't have it outside, can be helpful. A lot of people don't think about that, that they actually have surveillance equipment. If you own a cell phone, you have surveillance equipment. So if you have a tablet or computer or something, now obviously you don't want those stolen if somebody comes in. Somebody's going to take them because they're going to be easy to hawk, but that's the other thing too. If you have an old laptop, really old, you don't care about, or you got two or three old iPads around, you can set those up, plug them in, let them run, log into them. You could have them to where they're just going to run that camera and record whenever you leave the house. And you can get them set to where they'll upload to a cloud like constantly. That can be done. If you figure all that out, then it won't matter if they come in and take that. You won't care that they take it because you have nothing important. It's old. You don't use it anymore. No big deal. But then you got them. Especially if they're going to go right up to that laptop and see it there. Not even knowing that camera's on. Which you can just cover the little light or whatever. But by then, they may not care. And what most people think, even if they leave, even if they think they're busted, they'll take that laptop or that device... Because whether they want to sell it or not, what they'll be th- when they probably won't, they probably won't sell it if they're smart. They'll think that the video's on there, so they'll try to go in and get it, or they'll just try to destroy the device. Think they're fine. So you've lost essentially nothing, but you now have got them on camera. So I would look into some of these options. I don't think that film is enough of a deterrent because if it's a window you can break and you can reach through and open, or especially you can crawl through, you think somebody can get through based on their size, even average person or a small person. That film, I don't think is a deterrent. You need a you need a visual deterrent. It's kind of like security guards. One of the things about security guards, most security guards, typically the unarmed kind that are physically present in a location, their entire purpose in life is to be seen. One of the things, I, I did that before I joined the military. I've learned a lot about it since, but it's a visual deterrent. The fact that they exist deter a lot of crime. Even people have talked about it professional somebody that really wants to commit a crime somebody that doesn't care much about them yes crimes can still happen but a lot of the minor crimes little crimes stuff like that stop a lot of the vandalism stops you know breaking in a car stop when they're in a parking garage and they walk around a lot you know certain minor things stop so the visual deterrent can matter i don't think that plastic's going to cut it but i would look into some of those options um, if money's there I would look into things like getting rid of the window or changing the glasses in it to make it more difficult, especially if it has that wire in there and they can't get through. It's going to be very difficult for them. Not to mention when you can see that wire and stuff, people aren't typically going to break through it. So that could be a major thing. So I would say definitely check those things out and perhaps you will come up with an answer for something that you can do, especially cheaply, that's going to help you out. But definitely at least get the yard signs you know, that, and the stickers, you know, you can put the sticker for like ADT or whatever on the window and they can see it. You can have the new yard sign out that's not old and faded. You can buy stickers that say, smile, you're on camera. Something that somebody doesn't really see till they're right up there and then they, because it's funny, if you get, I was going to quick talk about this, but this is actually funny. If you get a security system, like don't get a ring camera, those, I think those are horrible, but Let's say you, you had something like that, you could see the door, and then if you had a sticker up there that says smile on your camera, but they can't see the camera, you will notice people will look for it. Like, I was at a family member's place that had those on the window and on a sliding glass door, and one of the family members that visits on occasion was like, well, where are these cameras at? Like, they were looking for them. So those stickers could be a bigger visual deterrent than just the film you're trying to use. 
And those are cheap, so I'd definitely at least look into those. And remember, nothing's 100%. These deterrents I'm talking about, this is small-time punk stuff. The majority of people are going to commit these crimes. If somebody is being targeted, and I don't know anything about you to know why you would be, but if somebody's being targeted, a place is being targeted, there's a reason somebody wants to go in there. Whether they're a pro and think they know what they're doing or it's just something emotional, those stickers, those things aren't going to stop them. That's when real physical security matters. That's what most people are afraid of, and they kind of brush off this smaller stuff for the minor league guys. But those smaller minor league guys, that's the majority of the crime when it comes to like breaking into your home. So moving on, two truths and a lie. So everybody's got a version of how they play this. I'm just going to give you the general ideas of how this is. This will be a three-parter, this being part one, which is clearly very short. And then two parts will be the story. So one thing I'm going to do to make it easier is I'm only going to give you two instead of three, but this is how typically, generally it's played. Generally, you play this with people you know at a party. Usually people have had a few drinks. These are friends, colleagues, family members. They know you pretty well. So what we would do is we'd take like an index card, a three-by-five card, and we write down three specific statements, right? Not paragraphs. We don't tell a story. Now, typically, what you do is you don't, you just read the statements, and that's all you do. You don't answer questions, okay? It's not, it's not like the British show Lie to Me, which is hilarious, and if you've never seen it, go to YouTube. It's not called Lie to Me. That's a different show. It's um, crap. There's a show called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. And some of those guys are on this other show, and I cannot remember the name. I got to pause this and find it because you'll love this. Okay, I was close. It's called Would I Lie to You? This show's hilarious. I watch it quite a bit when I got nothing better to do, and it's a great way to practice detecting deception skills because it's two three-man teams. One person on each team is actually a professional comedian. Most of the guests are comedians. Some of them are not. And they read a card with one statement about themselves that they've never seen before. The thing is, sometimes these are true statements, whether they've been rewritten or they wrote them themselves. A lot of times they're fake statements. They're outlandish. And then these guys have to go through this series of telling the stories and answering questions. And then the other team votes on whether or not they think it's truth or a lie. And then uh, one of the bonus, I call it a bonus thing they do near the end of the game, is a team will bring out a person and the person will stand there. And each one of the three members will say like, this is Bob, and this is how I know Bob, and they're completely different stories. So the other team has to question all three of them and try to figure out who knows Bob. So it's funny. There's British humor in it, but even if you don't understand British humor, it's it's mild. It's mostly stuff you'd get. A great way for deception detection, and it, it's good because these guys are rehearsed. They're comedians. One of the guys that I really like actually has a lot of the similar reactions. Like he's making it up. You can't believe this stuff's being said. And a lot of times it's true. And uh, there is a guy on there whose name is Bob, and he has some of the best stories, most of which are true. But anyway, so truth, truth, and a lie is very similar. So you would write three specific statements about yourself. They, there's supposed to be two of them are supposed to be true, factually based. One is completely out, made up. It's a lie. And you want people that know you well because it makes it more difficult. If you do specific things, they don't always know because you don't want it to be anything anybody knows. And then... They sit there and talk amongst themselves and just watch your reactions to try to figure out what they think is true or not. And then you decide how you're going to score the game. So sometimes they vote. Sometimes everybody picks one. If you know, if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you don't get a point. There's variations of this game. Some people choose to do the question and answer thing. I don't recommend it for most people. 
because if you're not good at that kind of thing, it can make it more difficult. I have done it with people like me who had the same career field interrogators and human intelligence guys, where we'd have to do the question and answer thing. And we played the game for fun, but also as practice for doing stories and backstories and answering questions and making things up, doing that whole five degrees off thing when they're asking us about our families and we're telling them we got families, but we really don't. And that was just a way to do it. Now, if I was doing this a contest, I would be telling all the people that know me that listen, with which there is several that I don't care. They could do it anyway, and I, I challenge you to do so. I have several stories I could pick from. I've already chosen two. So I'll be doing two stories instead of three. So I'm not going to do two truths and a lie. I'm going to do one truth and one lie. I want to make it a little easier on you because I have told these stories many times for different reasons, for practice and training and to give examples, but also because you're not sitting here watching me and I'm not doing this on video and not live. So even if I was doing it on video, it wouldn't matter that much. So that's going to help make it a little easier. Now, also to help you out too, is I'm not just going to do the next two episodes on this on this show uh, or going just in order one, two, three. I'm going to space them out with some other episodes to give you some time. Main reason is I know some people really enjoy doing this stuff and really had a good time when we did the contest before. So some of you out there I know will probably listen to this podcast more than once. You might go back and listen to others of mine. You might go listen to somebody else's. You might go do some research on your own to take a little time. And I want to give you a little time in there to work the stories and figure out what you want to do. Now, as you remember, I'd always say like, a good lie is about five degrees off. Basically, a good lie is mostly true. I'm not going to do that. I'm doing like 95% here. So in the story that's a lie, the reason I say 95% are there's some things that are true in there, like me, the time frame, where I'm at. A few basic things like that are real. I needed something to work off of when I built this story originally. The true story is going to be about the same. Not that I'm intentionally telling 5% things that are false, but you tell a story enough times, you get a little better at it. Just like a, a real memory, there's things you're going to mess up or forget. I can tell you that the times I've recorded myself telling a story just to see what differences I had, it's fairly innocuous and it won't matter to the overall result. But I can guarantee you it'll be 95% true, if not 100. And the false one's going to be 95% false. And that's just mainly because of how we're doing this making it a little easier and it also gives you plenty of time to work on your detecting deception skills so those will be separate episodes i'll tell you story one i'll tell you story two and then later i'll come back and i'll do another episode where i will go over the stories and tell you the reasons why you might believe a story is true and might believe a story is false that's for both of them it's very likely that there's reasons a person would see in each story to find them true or find them false. It just should be overwhelmingly true for one, overwhelmingly false for the other. And I'll explain to you, you know, why that happened, what we're looking at, how we determine this stuff. It's all a teaching point to cover detecting deception that I think will be valuable and useful. And you'll be able to remember more because now you're putting this into practice. I will also tell you these stories won't be short. I, I really don't know how long it takes to tell these stories, but I'm guessing it'll be 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. And uh, yeah, so it'll be like the 15, 20 minutes. They're based on me and my life, some personal stuff. Um, the stories I picked all relate to my time in the military and while working in the intelligence community. So within the last 20 years. Not that that will help you, but just so you know, they're in a similar time frame. So yeah, just remember, it'll be mostly true, and then another one will be mostly false. I'll come back later, cover the reasons why you might believe one versus the other. 
and that should be pretty simple to do. This will give you time to work on these skills. It'll also help you if you want to try doing it with other people or if you're going to be doing some of this yourself just for fun or for whatever purpose, hopefully nothing too bad on why you want to tell, tell lies and stories. And a lot of this is just practice. Like these stories I'm going to tell you I practiced a lot, but when I did stuff like this, it was practice for me and for teaching points. When I had students like training kids for JSOC, I would do this sometimes to tell them lies. And I, w- I would tell people like, I'm going to lie to you, but you're going to believe me. You know, and those would be like little simple ones. But hopefully you enjoy this. Please definitely give me some feedback on it. Also remember too, I, I mean, I can't tell when people are listening to this and how far you get, but you can always, if you want to send me written responses and emails and say, here's what I think and have me evaluate it, that's great because then I can take that and I can just do another show and say, okay, here's what a person wrote in. Let me tell you X, Y, and Z or what I thought to the response. And if you don't, if you're going to write me and you don't want me to put it on a show, then definitely say, hey, just shoot me an email. Don't put this on the show and that's fine. No big deal. So two truths and a lie. This ought to be fun. Those stories will be coming soon as long or mixed in, I guess I should say. They'll be coming soon, mixed in with some other episodes we got planned right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.